Good morning. Good morning. So when the music stops, that's my cue. And sometimes they catch me off guard. <laughs> um, good to see you all this morning and welcome to Christchurch Cathedral. If you're uh, with us on YouTube, on the live stream, we uh, offer a word of welcome to you. Nice to have you here in that way. And also if you're listening in on the uh, Cathedral podcast, we welcome you as well. Um, I might just mention a couple of things really quickly. One is that there are a few envelopes still at the back, so if you haven't picked those up, uh, there should be a set there for you. Also, our nominating committee is still accepting nominations for elected positions this coming year, and if um, that's something that you uh, would like to talk about, uh, Jane Hand is the chair. Uh, Harry Palmer is also on that committee, Kurt Schmidt, and Jill Dunderdale. And if there's anything at all that you might feel called to do, there are lots of opportunities within the committee, committees of Bishop and Chapter, and, uh, and uh, members of the nominating committee would be happy to talk with you. Um, also, just a note that um, in your bulletin you'll see notice of the availability of church calendars that's actually changed in the last day or so and there are no church calendars left at least locally so um, but they're not difficult to get and um, Kirsten at the office would be able to help you order one online or you can take a look on um, our website and there is a slider up at the moment with links to uh, to uh, pages where you can buy 
uh, church calendars and they'll be happy to, uh, to mail one to you. And also a reminder that uh, this afternoon at 4 o'clock is Coral Evensong. So that's something that you might want to keep in mind. Is there anything else that needs announcing? Kurt, you have something. Okay, so Teze worship is every other Thursday, and this Thursday it will be here at the cathedral in person, 5.30. Thanks, Kurt. Anything else? We're going to worship this morning according to the Come Worship style, and you'll find most of what you need on the blue colored insert. The invitation begins there on page one, and as we begin, I'll ask the congregation to stand. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. O come, let us worship. Sovereign God, O matchless King, the saints adore, the angels sing, and fall before the throne of grace. To you belongs the highest praise. Is suffering this passing time under your wings? I will abide, and every enemy shall flee.
Amen. And as we celebrate the baptism of the Lord, the prayer of the day, Eternal Father, who at the baptism of Jesus revealed him to be your Son, anointing him with the Holy Spirit. Keep your children, born of water and the Spirit, faithful to their calling. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. The word of the Lord. God of glory, God of grace.
Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. The apostle Paul said, Into what then were you baptized? In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In this new year, we will be primarily reading from the Gospel of Mark on Sundays when we're following the Revised Common Lectionary. Mark, as you know, is the shortest of the four Gospels, and there's plenty of evidence that it was the first Gospel written. Matthew and Luke clearly use portions of Mark in their own accounts, adding other details and at times reorganizing the material. In the first chapter, Mark wastes no time launching into the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You're probably familiar with 
the storytelling technique often used by filmmakers these days where after the opening credits have rolled by, the watcher is greeted with a scene depicting the very beginning of the tale that is about to be told. It may begin with a baby who will grow up to be the main character later on, or we might get some specific detail on a situation that doesn't make sense until we know the whole story. Or we may experience half a lifetime of history in uh, just a matter of minutes where the central character is concerned and it zooms us through time to the present day when the real story begins. And Mark is a little bit like that. There's no mention of the birth of Jesus. There are no angels, no silent night, holy night. No teenage trip to the temple. Mark seems bent on summarizing the whole of salvation history in just a few verses and we suddenly find ourselves standing on the bank of the river Jordan in verse 9. Jesus is baptized by John. We don't read it today, but the couple of verses that follow today's passage cause another time warp of sorts when Mark says, and the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. Immediately. And as we read through Mark this year, we'll become somewhat familiar with that one of Mark's favorite words. Immediately. There's an urgency in the way Mark shares this good news. Immediately is the Greek word euthus, and Mark uses it 41 times in this, the shortest of the Gospels. Immediately, Jesus is driven out into the wilderness. Now, why might that be important? I think it's because it gives us a bit of context into which Jesus was baptized. While it's true the baptism of Jesus was unlike any other, not being the baptism of repentance for which people lined up for their moment with John, it wasn't Christian baptism because Christ had not yet been raised. The baptism of the Lord initiated him into a life of sacrifice and suffering. Mark's immediately language should tip us off to the fact that Jesus the Christ had come to engage with the evil of the world. Because when we think about it, 
All the encounters Mark will tell us about, each one is an instance of confronting the evil that exists in the created order. From hunger and disease to demons and false assumptions. From the danger of a violent storm on Galilee's sea to the hell of death on a cross. I guess we can all admit that Scripture should make what baptism is all about more clear for us. But not all baptisms are alike. In the passage from Acts today, Paul's questions should remind us, into what then, Paul asks, were you baptized? And there were multiple possible answers then, as well as now. John's baptism of repentance, one of several similar Jewish purification rites, baptism in the name of Jesus, there's baptism in the name of the Trinity, it might be a whole lot less confusing if that word meant only one thing. Because, you know, then there's also our own personal definition. And despite the attempts of the church over the last several decades to clarify that definition, considerable confusion, unfortunately, remains. When I had someone inquire of me not too long ago about why the cathedral doesn't seem to do many baptisms anymore, perhaps the best possible answer is confusion. Of course, it was the intention of the person asking the question that blame for a departure from past practice be directed at me. In fact, it's far more complicated than that. Paul's question in Acts actually puts the proper point on it, I think. Into what then were you baptized? And that's a question we need to ask all through our lives. Into what then were you baptized? Or, in the case of future baptism, into what then do you intend to be baptized? Because in my experience, the answer to that question is different for almost everybody you talk to. And quite often it reflects deep confusion. So maybe it's worthwhile to think about what baptism is not. Baptism is not a magic dust 
that we sprinkle upon request. It's not an incantation, special words that transform a person into a creature they don't want to be. Rather, it signifies what a person cannot be without the help of God. Baptism signifies what a person cannot be without the help of God. So for every denomination of Christianity, the question has always been, what's the prerequisite for baptism? So that's a good question. What is the prerequisite for baptism? I would suggest it has something to do with commitment. Our part of the covenant of baptism is to walk in the way of God. Christian baptism is baptism into Christ, into the body, into walking in the way of Christ. Baptism is the sign of a commitment to discipleship, either by the person being baptized or in a special circumstance by those to whom their care has been entrusted. Why are there far fewer baptisms in 2024 than there were in 1964? I'm thinking you might know the answer. The appeal made to Christian communities, not only of our own denomination, but all mainline churches several decades ago, was to take somewhat drastic steps to clarify baptism confusion. And how were we being asked to do that? Well, Christian churches worldwide participated in the World Council of Churches process ending in a 1982 report called Baptism, Eucharist, and Ministry. It appealed to responsibility of all churches to teach the fundamentals of baptism before it happens. And that's hard. Because most people these days who ask for baptism don't really want to hear anything about it. They would prefer to follow their own preconceived and confused notions and whatever baptism happens to mean to them. So baptism, Eucharist, and ministry actually suggested several things that we could do to help 
with this confusion around baptism. Not least of all, that we, from time to time and on a consistent basis, renew our own vows of baptism. And there are specific times in the year when that seems like a natural thing for us to do. There was also fairly direct suggestion that preparation for baptism be first and foremost at the time of baptism. And so you might ask yourself, well, how has that worked out? And the answer is some churches haven't budged. They continue to operate just like the church of the 1950s or 60s, except that it's not 1960 anymore. So when approached by baptism shoppers who, after having previously approached a church that offers preparation for baptism, use the inability or disinterest in stepping into the fray of baptism education to their advantage. They show up on the day of the baptism with little or no idea about what it is they have requested. And without preparation, a quiet baptism usually follows on a weekday or a Sunday afternoon Into what, then, were you baptized? So today, at the very least, we remember our own baptism. We should also be praying for a flood of requests for baptism, accompanied by a desire to know Jesus and to be part of the church into which they are baptized. Since that is, after all, what it's all about. And may God give us the will and the strength to teach those ways by word and example to the glory of of his name. Amen. We're going to continue now with the prayers, and I'm going to ask Cheryl if she will lead us in those. Thank you, Cheryl. In the waters of baptism, we were called to be God's children and to minister to one another. Let us therefore pray for ourselves, for one another, and for all those in need of our prayers, saying, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. <clears throat> Let us pray for the church. Particularly today, we remember the Scottish Episcopal Church and their primus, the Most Reverend Mark Strange the Council of the North, their chair, Bishop David Lehman, and all the members of that council, 
pray for the Anglican Church of Canada, and particularly our primate, Linda, for the Ecclesiastical Province of Canada, for our Metropolitan and our Bishop David, and the Provincial Council. We remember the Diocese of Hull, our Bishop Matthias, and all the clergy and people there, and our prayer partner, the Diocese of Yukon, for Bishop Leslie, for Eric, her husband, and those retired from missionary service. We pray for the Church, that it may stand fast in the one faith to which it has been called. Lord, in your mercy. Let us pray for the world. Remembering places of war, places experiencing natural disaster, and people with no place, that our conflicts may cease and that peace may reign in this new year. Lord, in your mercy. Let us pray for leaders of nations, including King Charles and our Prime Minister Justin, and leaders of corporations, and particularly for all who are blind to the injustice of our world, that their eyes may be opened and that they may work for an end to oppression and injustice. Lord, in your mercy. Let us pray for those who at this time are preparing for baptism. And let us pray for all Christians who have been baptized into the one family of faith, that our lives reflect the forgiveness and love which was first shown us, and that we show forth the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for mercy for all who have fallen away from their vows of baptism, that they would again hear the call of your Holy Spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the sick, especially in our own cathedral prayers. We remember Jean, Mabel, Pat, Debbie, Sue, Skyler, Aaron, Sally, Carolyn, Jacob, Stephanie, Norma, Jessica Ray, David, Maureen, Heather, Elliot, and Cooper, and Savannah. That their sickness may be turned to health, and that they may once again join us in our work and witness. Lord, in your mercy, let us pray for those who mourn and those who are lonely, anxious, or in need, that they would know your presence close to them. Lord, in your mercy, God of glory, God of grace, we give thanks for our lives and blessings that we are counted worthy to be in relationship with you only through the work of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. And we give thanks for the baptism and guidance of your Holy Spirit. You know our thoughts and needs better than we ourselves. Accept the prayers which we now offer and strengthen us to do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 
If you turn in the blue leaflet to page 2, there you will see a form for the renewal of baptismal vows. And I'm going to invite you to stand with me. And as we turn toward the font, we'll renew those vows of baptism. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. We thank you, Almighty God, for the gift of water. Over water the Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of creation. Through water you led the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt into the land of promise. In water, your son Jesus received the baptism of John and was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, the Christ, to lead us through his death and resurrection from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it, we are buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share in his resurrection through it we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we celebrate our fellowship in him in faith. We pray that all who have passed through the water of baptism may continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, the baptism of Jesus reminds us of our own baptism. As John baptized even Jesus, the perfecter of our faith, we too may rejoice in the power of his Holy Spirit, thankful for the gift of life and the forgiveness of sin granted to those who come to him through water. Let us renew the promises we made in baptism when we became full members of the household of God and promised to serve him faithfully in his holy Catholic Church. And then back to the blue-colored sheet. Do you reaffirm your renunciation of evil and renew your commitment to Jesus Christ? I do. do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? Will you strive to safeguard the integrity of God's creation and respect, sustain, and renew the life of the earth? I invite you to remember your baptism. God, the Creator, the rock of our salvation, has given us new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, and bestowed upon us the forgiveness of sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. May he keep us faithful to our calling, now and forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
of life and freedom, we celebrate the revelation of Jesus as the Christ who makes all creation new. Accept all we offer you this day and make us new in him who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. During the great thanksgiving, the Eucharistic prayer, you're uh, welcome to continue to remain standing or be seated or kneel as you find yourself most comfortable. In this prayer, we offer our thanks to God for all the gifts of his creation. Today, we thank him especially for the baptism of his son, Jesus Christ, and for the gift of his Holy Spirit to guide and direct us in our, in our life and in our baptized witness. It is right and our joy, Creator God, to give you thanks and praise. In the beginning you created the heavens and the earth. Out of darkness and chaos you brought light and order. You have given life to everything living and made us in your image, male and female. Even when we turned away from you, loving darkness rather than light, you did not turn away from us. You sent prophets to show us the way. In the fullness of time, you sent your Son to be Emmanuel, God with us. At his birth, the night sky lit up with the heavenly host and a guiding star. Shepherds and magi found their way to him. Women and children, tax collectors and lepers continued to find their way. He was baptized in the waters of the Jordan. He turned water into wine. He preached and taught and healed the sick. Showing no partiality, he ate and drank with outcasts, proclaiming the light of your love in a dark world. The darkness of Gethsemane, the cross, and even the grave could not overcome him. He is the light of the world, shining still. With thanksgiving, we remember that our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said to his disciples, This is my body that is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Gracious God, pour out your Spirit upon these gifts, that as bread is broken and wine is poured, it may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. In this feast, make us one with you and with each other. Inflame us with your spirit that we may be united in ministry in every place. 
send us in your marvelous light into the world ready to serve others and work for peace. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord, by whom and with whom and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Bread is broken, wine is poured. Come, Lord, be our guest. The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
As we stand, let us pray. Gracious God, lover of all, by this sacrament you make us one family in Christ your Son, one in the sharing of his body and blood, one in the communion of his spirit. Help us to grow in love for one another and come to the full maturity of the body of Christ. We ask this in his name. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Hello. Any children in the room, please come and help us make a joyful noise. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 